Welcome to the Littler Workplace Policy Institute podcast. Insider briefings on the latest legislative and regulatory developments affecting employers. Hello, I'm Corinne Jackson, an attorney with Littler Mendelssohn's Workplace Policy Institute, or WPI. And I'm Bruce Sarchet, a Littler shareholder in Sacramento, California, and also a member of the WPI. Let's jump in right away today with a hypothetical. Good deal. Go for it. Okay, so in this little story, Bruce, that's me, is a business owner in the city of San Francisco, California, and Corinne is a job applicant. Corinne is filling out my job application form. Okay, let's see. Current employer, address and phone number of employer, my job title, supervisor. That all seems normal. But wait, it is asking me what is my current rate of pay? Well, sure it is. I want to know, as a business owner, what your current rate of pay is so that you and I can negotiate a fair wage should you come to work here. But maybe I have a problem with that. What, you don't want to negotiate? No, not that. So you're going to make me guess. Okay. Well, looking at the title of this podcast, I guess maybe it has something to do with pay equity. That's right. Currently, under California law, prior salary alone cannot be used to justify paying any employee of a different sex, race, or ethnicity less than another employee for performing substantially similar work under similar working conditions. Okay, that's fine, but I can still ask you about your current rate of pay, right? You can today, yes. So what does pay history have to do with pay equity? I'm glad you asked that. So numerous studies have shown over the years that women are paid less than men for performing substantially similar work. That's why we have federal and state equal pay laws to try and end that discrimination. However, those laws have been around for some time, and yet the studies still come out showing that women earn less than men. The thinking is that by taking prior pay history into account in setting current pay, the prior impacts of gender discrimination are being perpetuated. Pay should be based on current market factors alone. Understood. So I can still ask today about pay history, but if you are an employer in the city of San Francisco, in about a year, you won't be able to. That's right. San Francisco Ordinance 170350 was passed by the Board of Supervisors and signed into law by San Francisco Mayor Ed Lee. The ordinance makes it illegal to inquire about salary history in any manner for any applicant who will work within San Francisco's geographic boundaries. The ordinance becomes operative on July 1, 2018. Our podcast today really is a continuation of an earlier podcast from the WPI on June 13th of this year. Bruce, you should remember that one. Indeed, I do. Elise Schumann and I discussed several similar laws in the city of Philadelphia as well as the states of Oregon and Massachusetts. We also discussed pending legislation in California, AB 168, which would expand the state's equal pay laws to include a prohibition on pay history inquiries. And AB 168 is still working its way through the California legislature, and we probably will report on that one again in the future. But for now, let's turn to the new San Francisco ordinance. Sure thing. San Francisco continues to be king of the hill in the world of what I call the municipalization of employment law. 
For example, the city by the bay has enacted employment-related ordinances on a range of topics, such as criminal history inquiries, paid sick leave, commuter benefits, and the scheduling rights of retail workers. This latest ordinance presents yet another San Francisco treat. Well then, now that we're all hungry, let's take a closer look at this new law. We know that it is ordinance number 17350 and it recently became effective. And it's a good thing that employers have some time to prepare for this because the ordinance is very broad. For starters, it adds provisions to the city's police and administrative codes to ensure that nearly all employers are covered. Indeed, it applies to all employers that are required to be registered to do business in the city. The only exception is for units of local, state, or federal government. But even that exception does not apply to the city of San Francisco itself or its contractors. Right. So boiled down, the requirements of the ordinance apply to basically all private employers as well as the city and its contractors and their subcontractors. In fact, all contracts and subcontracts with the city must include a provision requiring compliance with this ordinance. The ordinance also covers all types of employment, including part-time or contingent work or work obtained through a staffing agency. And the requirements of the ordinance are similarly broad. Bruce, let's cut to the chase. Exactly what does this ordinance do? Well, as we illustrated in our little story at the top of this podcast, under existing law, employers can ask applicants in an interview, for example, or on a job application form about their current or past wages in prior jobs. But the San Francisco ordinance prohibits that. It soon will be illegal for an employer to ask an applicant about salary history in any manner for jobs to be performed within San Francisco's city limits. This clearly marks a significant change in the law for San Francisco employers. What does the ordinance mean by the term salary history? Well, salary history is defined to include a job applicant's current and past compensation, including wages, commissions, and any other monetary gain. Salary history does not, however, include any objective measure of an individual's productivity. So then employers can still ask applicants about various yardsticks for productivity, such as revenue, sales, or other production reports. Yes, and it's also worth noting that this restriction does not apply to candidates who are seeking a transfer or promotion with their current same employer. Beyond the ban on questions about salary history, the ordinance also prohibits employers from considering salary history information when deciding to hire someone or when deciding how much to pay a new hire. To hammer it home, let's take another example. Corinne, let's say you and I are responsible for hiring at a restaurant in the city, and you can find out what servers are making at a competitor because you used to work there. If you are considering hiring an applicant from that competitor, you cannot take into account what you happen to know or learn about that person's pay when you decide whether or not to hire him or her or what to pay him or her. In addition, employers cannot refuse to hire or otherwise discriminate or retaliate against an applicant who won't disclose his or her salary history. Applicants have a right to keep their pay history to themselves. That's right, but hold on to your sourdough because we're not done yet. The ordinance also prohibits an employer from releasing salary history information about a current or former employee to any prospective employers 
without a written authorization from the employee. Now, there are some exceptions to that rule. For example, the release or use of salary history is permissible if required by law or where the information is publicly available. Yes, but going back to my hypothetical at the restaurant, under the new ordinance, your old friends at the competing restaurant will not be allowed to disclose or verify how much the server candidate is making there. You can't ask, and they can't tell. It will be unlawful for a candidate's current or prior employer to share that information unless the candidate has authorized the disclosure in writing. Are there any other instances when an employer can use salary history in making decisions? Yes, the ordinance recognizes that an applicant may choose to willingly disclose this information. If an applicant voluntarily and without prompting shares his or her salary history, the prospective employer may consider it and may verify that data with the prior employer. And without inquiring about salary history, an employer may openly discuss with an applicant his or her expectations with respect to salary. The parties also may discuss salary, including uninvested equity, deferred compensation, or bonuses that an applicant would lose by resigning from his or her current job to take a position with a new employer. On a related note, the ordinance does not prohibit an employer from verifying non-salary related information disclosed by the applicant, nor does it preclude an employer from running a background check, as long as that background check is otherwise consistent with the law and the employer does not consider any salary history information that is revealed during that background check. Bruce, that brings up another important point. Even when employers legally access and rely on salary history information, they must still be careful with how they use it. As I mentioned earlier, the California Labor Code prohibits employers from using prior salary alone to justify gender, race, or ethnicity pay differentials. The ordinance expands on that principle, stating that salary history by itself cannot justify any pay disparity between an employee and an applicant of different sexes, races, or ethnicities. Great reminder. And while we can't cover all of the nitty-gritty details here, employers should be aware that the ordinance imposes another workplace posting requirement as well. True. Employers also might want to bear in mind that one year after its effective date, administrative penalties may be imposed for violations of the ordinance. In sum, given the scope of the law and such potential dire consequences and penalties, employers of San Francisco employees should keep this ordinance directly on their radar. We have nearly a year before the law takes effect, but employers may need that time to consider retraining personnel, revising job applications, or otherwise refining their hiring procedures. That's right, Bruce. Thank you for your attention, and stay tuned to Littler's Workplace Policy Institute for further updates and information regarding state and local workplace, regulatory, and legislative developments. Remember, WPI is an employer's source for information and advocacy regarding legislation and regulatory developments at the federal level and at the state and local levels as well. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. 
to discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice. Visit littler.com slash podcasts.